Please repeat. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Mangalam Gurudevaya Devi Matriksha Mangalam Mangalam Bhakta Brindeviu Sarva Lokaya Mangalam Om Stapakaya Chudarmasya Sarvadarma Sarupine Avatara Varishtai Ramakrishnaya Mangalam Om Sarashiva Samarambam Shankaracharya Madhyama Mashmaracharya Prayandam Vande Gurum Parambara Shri Gurudevaya Mandavaya Guru Paramparayana so today is a very auspicious day. Actually, yesterday was also a very auspicious day. And the day before that was also a very auspicious day. But yesterday was, actually last two days, Akshay Tritya. It was a period, very uh, uh already said that, very auspicious day. There's very little you can say about Akshay Tritya and say it's auspicious. It said actually in the scripture that it's, there's no inauspicious time. Usually in every day there's some auspicious days, inauspicious days, within the day there's Rahu Kala, Yama Kala, these inauspicious times. But none of these, on uh, Akshay Tritya, everything is all, all lights green. You can do any auspicious uh, uh, endeavor. And it's the anniversary or the, uh, uh, I guess, anniversary of many uh, divine things. One is it's the first day of the Treta Yuga. Treta Yuga started on Akshay Tritya. Last Treta Yuga was many millions of years ago, but we know the date when it that last Yuga started. Uh, it's also the day considered by some texts as a day when Ganga Ganga Mai began her ascent. Right. It took her some time to then reach the uh, uh, earthly plane, but she left the heavenly realm and began to pour through the galaxies to come to Earth on this day. It's also the day that uh, just some texts say that. Uh, that Ganesha started to take dictation of the Mahabharata on this day. Right? Vyasa began to speak and Ganesha began to write on this day. It's the uh, Jayanti, the advent day of Parshurama, right? the divine incarnation, a very fierce incarnation of the Lord, uh, the one who holds an axe, right? Parshurama. What else? Here's more. Oh! In the, yeah, one of the earliest known sadhus in the Bhagavatam is uh, Rishabha. Uh, Rishabha, this, it says that he, and he's described as maybe the earliest or one of the earliest known, uh, uh, one who left completely like Nagababa, wandered off naked. He was a great king and a realized being, but he went wandered off. And on this day, he first went out begging. So the first alms giving to the first sadhu was on this day. So it's also special for that, right? So many things, actually, many more. I'm sure many people, maybe you know more. It's also due to very good uh, uh, advertising and, and publicity. It's a, a, a famous state to buy gold, right? It's, uh, you start, and I think the gold, that's very uh, uh, scrupulous advertisement by the jewelry industry <laughs> in India, especially. It's good to, to make investments on that. They start something, anything new, uh, 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 the very... Uh, Auspicious day for weddings, for instance. I think you know, like this. Initiations, weddings, new business ventures, new uh, pro plans like this. And it's and also some some uh, saints have said because of the auspiciousness of this day, many divine beings are born around this time. Like so, today is is Shankara Jayanti, Shankara Adiguru Shankaracharya. I remember it actually dur just before our, uh, during our day, I was remembering, or after just before our day, that oh my, we forgot. In our busy construction work, I forgot, so we quickly moved our beautiful deity. We got a Madurai of Shankaracharya. Madurai? No, Chennai. got him in Chennai. At the Kapalashwara Mandir, there. Uh, beautiful deity of uh, Shankaracharya. <coughs> and so, actually, I, was, I planned today, I was uh, reading, uh, to read the next, one of the major, one of the small stories, which we'll read, was Haubari. Rishi, but because it was during Arati, I remembered, oh, every year we should say something about Shankaracharya, right? And in relation to, because this cluster of days, like today is Shankaracharya, tomorrow by some calendars have a Ramanujacharya, another great uh, Vaishnavacharya in Vedanta. 
uh, uh, was born. And then we have Nishinga uh, uh, Chaturdasi. Chaturdasi, it's coming up on like the 10th or the 12th or something like this, right? So, Chankaracharya, uh, uh, Nishingadev, next day, Buddha Purnima. Right, it's the day that Lord Buddha was born, the day he attained enlightenment, and the day he left his body. All right, uh, uh, it's called the Thrice Blessed Day. In India, they celebrate. I think, I think that's the 14th or something. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, anyway, there's all these divine days. So there's some story. There's a there's a little known story in the Shankara uh, Digvijaya, which is a, a late, I mean, early text. So within the hundred years of Shankaracharya, uh, uh, about Shankaracharya's life that connects Shankaracharya to Narasimha. And since Narasimha Jayanti is coming, we'll celebrate that, one of the important holidays here. Narasimha is that great man-lion uh, uh, incarnation of the Lord, very fierce, protective form, half man, the body of a man and the head of a lion. But he also, of course, we know he was he came to save Prahlad, right? And But he also saved Shankara. Right, and that story is told. And so this is a, it's a maybe slightly apocryphal t- uh, story, right? Some, a lot of scholars say these, these legends were built by the time Shankara Vijaya was, uh, Digvijaya was written, it was a lot of legends were put together to make Shankara like, almost like, a, like something out of the Bhagavatam, right? When most likely he was a little more human in his behavior, right? But the story is there, it's an also a sweet story. And we have some connection to the story also, through a friend. So, in the story, there was a there was a great, can't say great, a powerful tantric and a great tantric uh, of uh, of a very fierce form, worshiping a very fierce form of Shiva Bhairava, uh, he, and he was uh, uh, he was doing a very inauspicious, evil type of sadhana, trying to get power, and he was in order to worship this very fierce form, he was sacrificing humans and taking their heads, but not just any heads. He needed the heads of sages and kings, right? So he was going to sacrifice to this form, according to the story, 108 heads of sages and kings. And sages and ki- kings are not so common, and sages are even less common, right? And and uh, so he had somehow, by his power and his trickery, he had he had sacrificed 107 heads in the story, right? And he needed one more, but then there's not many sages left, you know. If we were to... If I were to hunt for a hundred sages in in California, three four we'd be finished, right? How do you get a hundred and eight and and like this? So this story was supposed to happen in just in the jungle outside Puri, right in Narissa. And so he he uh, uh, what happened? Trying to I didn't actually because you saw our I don't know if you see our our library is all topsy turvy, so I have no idea where my copy of the Shankara Digvijaya is there. It's somewhere in there, so I'm trying to do it by memory. He uh, um, uh, that. He approached Shankaracharya, was one time meditating late at night. He, all of his disciples, thousands of disciples, sleeping. He approached him. He says, Maharaj, when I ask you, I have a question. He says, yes, ask. He says, you are being a sage. You have no attachment to your body. Isn't it so? Yes, it's true. I have no attachment. Sanyasi, I have no attachment to my body. And you're very compassionate. Anybody, anything anybody asks you, you give. He goes, yes, that's, that's the nature of sadhu should be compassionate and giving without attachment. He says, since you are not the least bit attached, my problem is I'm very much attached. I have a strong desire. Right? And, you have to, and, and the only way my strong desire can be, can be satisfied is by you being desireless and giving me your body. And then he revealed his plan. I want to sacrifice your head to Bhairava. And so Shankaracharya, the way it was presented in the book, it says, yes, yes, it sounds like a good proposition, right? Right? You say, you have strong, strong attachments, I shouldn't interfere with your attachment, right? Sadhu should never interfere with somebody else's desires. Uh, but I have no attachment to my body. But my 10,000 disciples, they have so much attachment to my body. They will not let me, they will not let you take me and cut off my head, guaranteed. Right? So let me think what to do. It says, that late at night tomorrow, uh, you have to. He had to do this sacrifice at midnight. The good stories always have sacrifices at midnight, right? In some cremation ground, you come before midnight. To all my disciples are sleeping. I shall be sitting here meditating. You come and get me that time, right? Okay, says Mara. Thank you. And he goes the next day. He comes and collects him, and takes him, leads him off into the jungle, away from the city, and uh, uh, there in some spot he had created. Uh, some protect arrangements for the sacrifice, 
right? Uh, uh, uh. And and so he so he says, be ready. And Shankar says, oh, yes, let me. I am a yogi. I should leave my body. Let me remove my prana from my body before you kill me. So he sat. Described very very yogically, the section describes he sat in, in Padmasana and began to withdraw his mind from first the, from the physical body, then through the away from the prana. And then to the mind and then intellect, and like slowly, slowly he was absorbing himself in the Atman. So when he was completely beyond the body and above, almost out of the body, then he would cut off his head. So in the meantime, meantime Shankaracharya's disciple, what his, what's his, he had, uh, uh, the, the most aggressive of the Shankar, uh, the Padmapada, Padmapada, Padmapada. So he was a Vivekananda of Sri Ramakrishna's, of, of, of Shankaracharya's disciples. He had four main disciples. My own lineage comes from Sureshacharya. This is from uh, Padmapadacharya. Padmapadacharya. He's named such, I think, as he walked across the river and some lotus came, right? So it's the lotus, lotus feet. And he was one of the main commentators of, Shankaracharya, of Shankaracharya's text. Um, but uh, anyways, he, in the middle of the night, he woke up and he said, Oh my God, Guru Maharaj is going to be sacrificed to some Bhairava. He knew in his vision, right? So he woke up, right? And he immediately, by, by yogic knowledge, he knew exactly the place. So walk in the middle of the night through the forest, he got to that place in the jungle. And he saw what was happening, that his, his guru was in, 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 in meditation, leaving his body. And, you know, if, if you want to present, you know, sharpening his knife, you know, like <laughs> a nice thing like this, right? What to do, right? Uh, and then something from a past life, he remembered something from a past life. And that extreme uh, uh, agitation, extreme emergency, some knowledge came that he didn't know where it came from. All of a sudden, he, he thought of Narashinga. Narashingadev saved him, right, the man lion. And, and then all of a sudden, it says, Narashingadev Shakti entered him. And he became like Narashinga. In the text, he became Narashinga. He showed up like a, with a man lion and a human head and very fierce like that. And within a second, he, he cut off with his claws, he cut off the head of the Tantric, right? Thus, the 108th head was a tantric, he was also a sage, an evil sage, <laughs> but he was, and a king among tantrics, so he was both a king and a sage, so he was, the, so the, 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 uh, the result of all that sacrifice went to Shankara, uh, the, the, the result gave him more power, but, so then Shankaracharya, in, in that, in, in that uh, agitation, he, he becomes externally conscious, slowly, and he sees in front of him, not his disciple, he sees the dead body of, of, the, of the tantric, and he sees, described as the, the horrific vision of Narashinga in front of him. And then he describes in the, in, the, in, in the text a beautiful prayer that he offers. Very much like Prahlad's prayers in the Bhagavatam. When Prahlad sees Narashinga. But also very, uh, very, there's some sweet lines. One of the lines it says, Although Hari, you act like Hara. Right? Vishnu is supposed to be the preserver and you are appearing as horrible form to destroy everything. This, uh, this, trying to calm him down. This doesn't look good, right? That Shiva, that Vishnu, although Vishnu shouldn't be appearing in this fierce form like Shiva does, like Bhairava, almost you're appearing as Bhairava. So slowly, slowly, the, the disciple becomes again the disciple, not in that fierce form, in the visionary form. And then Shankaracharya asked him, what happened? And he's crazy, so I woke up and I saw, I knew exactly where you were, I came here and I did this. But how did you do this? Right, you know, most people like I can go and Shinga help me, but Narasimha Shakti doesn't come and <laughs> like this, right? And he thought, oh yes, now I'm remembering from my previous life, right? And my previous life, I was in this jungle, right? This jungle uh, uh, here in, in in Arissa, and I was doing, and my deed, my Ishta Devata was Narasimha, Narasimha, and I was doing tremendous austerities and japa. Thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of mantras to Nishingadev to try to uh, get his vision. Right, and one day when I was doing my japa, I saw some villagers come back from the uh, from the forest, and they were carrying tied up on like on a pole, tied up a lion, you know, with the two lions like that, and they're carrying a live lion. And he says, and sorry, to catch a lion is not an easy thing for jungler people, but also have a live lion caught tied up like this. How is it possible? And he asked, so how did you get this line? So no, you caught it with your mantras. Right? And then that line revealed itself that that was Narashinga himself. Right? That you, you have, by your sadhana, you have captured him. We simply brought him to you. And then Narashinga appeared. He says, in time of need, I'll come to you. In the future, you may need my help. By your sadhana, the fruit of the, 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 the boon of that sadhana, the result of that sadhana, in the future, I will help you. 
So that sadhana is there, that story is there. And the reason we have a little bit interest in the story is uh, uh, we have a friend uh, uh, named Krishna Mohan who is uh, uh, in the early years of Kali Mandir was very uh, helpful in helping us organize ourselves and get the courage to buy this house and these type of things. And he's a devotee of uh, Narishinga by, by, and his guru was uh, a Nagababa type sadhu over a hundred years old in the jungle outside of Puri, right? It's supposed to be in that place. Right? And he worshipped a Shalagam Shila, a Nishinga Shila, that that Guru gave him. Right? And he called and he said, oh, this, is what, this has been passed down since Shankaracharya's time. Shankaracharya worshipped this Shila. That I don't know, but I've seen that Shila. It's, it, I don't know, I used to live in Lagoon. He's the devotee who lives, haven't seen him in some time. But there's a connection, that there's a living tradition of, of yogis, uh, very old... Uh, uh, sadhus living in the jungle outside of Puri, that they're still worshipping Nishingadev in the tradition of Shankaracharya, which is interesting. So a little story connecting today's date with uh, a few next weeks, in two weeks, the auspicious day of uh, Narasimha Jayanti. Narasimha Jayanti. So we're going to jump and tell a quick story. Because we read last time, last week, two weeks ago, last week? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, the story of King... Hmm? No. Um, Ambarish, 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 Ambarish and Durvasa, right? And so, what this section of the, we're starting the, the book 9 of the Bhagavatam, Skanda 9, Kanto 9, uh, and this, this, many important stories are told, right? But it's going to get to, in a very concise way, to the story of Lord Ram is going to be told. But to get to, from, uh, to get to Lord Ram, we have to give his lineage. And so it's it's literally it's one it's you know it's telling this king had uh, there was a king in the, in the beginning of this yuga, he built the city he had three wives and 17, uh, 17 sons, one of his sons became the next king that king had four wives had two two sons one of them was this one of them was that you know so the stories are being told how this lineage eventually will get to Lord Ram, so it's actually telling the solar dynasty lineage right, and. To me, it's very interesting. I love reading this because each each king is important. Has some story, but not some of the yes mentioned. By the way, other texts elaborate elaborate the stories of, of these kings. Um, but uh, there's one that the story is uh, a little. It's elaborate a little bit. Just a few paragraphs of Saubari, Saubari, Saubari Rishi. Right, his story is told. Right, and uh, the and, and a king named Man, uh, Mandata, Mandata. I think the way you pronounce it. He's a, in, in the in the family lineage of Lord Ram. So let me see. I think actually I wanted to see the Sanskrit, so please excuse my intrusion of technology into Vyasasana. I want to see the verses themselves. So I'm reading actually from the Srimad Bhagavatam, for translation by Samita Pasyananda, published by Ramakrishna Mission. But I wanted to see the Sanskrit, so I have I looked online for this. I have the Sanskrit with me also, or the Devanagari. So there was a king, Rishi Saubhari. Saubhari. This king. There was a king. There was a Rishi Saubhari who was observing severe austerities submerged in the waters of the Yamuna. That's the first thing. He was he was doing tremendous austerities. The elderly. Other places, the story is told more elaborately, so I'll pull from those stories. He was very elderly sadhu, living, imagine he was doing his tapasya underwater. Now, that's not an easy thing, but we, it's not, un, it's not, uh, uh, there's many different types of tapasya, right? So you see uh, in like Durvasa, his tapasya, so much his tapasya was eating only durva grass. There's one type of fast like this. And we read last week of, or two weeks ago of the Sakadasi Vrata. These are gentle uh, um, devotional Vratas, right? But some yogis, tapasvis, by their tapasya, they, they generate tremendous power. And they do very severe austerities, right? And so there's, there's a list, ancient lists of these austerities. For instance, you've seen some sadhus are hand their hands in the air, one hand or two hands in the air. I met one such sadhu, almost 100 years old, Kumamela, famous sadhu with his hand up, quite something. Very overwhelming to be like, really something. The power he had is incredible. Nagababa. Some st- only standing, some always sitting, some never laying down, some uh, uh, fasting, 
some uh, this uh, this panchagni tapa where you surround yourself by five fires. There's so many different things. But one austerity is is to uh, uh, is to be uh, neck deep in the water, right? In the cold and cold season, very also very difficult, right? And uh, but this is something different. This is actually under the water. At Yamuna, he was living, he was doing, he was meditating, sitting underneath the water. Now it seems unlikely, but we also in our uh, there's a Baal Nabri Nas Baal is also known. There's a, in the Baal tradition in our own kind of guru families, right? Uh, in our uh, we we've heard of such sadhus doing. They go because they they want such privacy for their sadhana. They go deep into the water and underneath the water, unbothered by anybody. They do their their meditation. Seems un incredible. But we've also heard stories in, in recent time, but this, there's some yogis doing it. Either they're holding their breath, or they're breathing under, well, who knows how. I mean, I don't know this sadhana. I haven't mastered this, right? I can barely swim anymore. What <laughs> 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 to speak of live under the water. But you see, what a yogi wants, he wants a quiet, secluded place without botheration. So you figure, well, that's perfect, right? I go under the water. Nobody will bother me. But under the water isn't secluded. There's fish under the water. Right. But it seems that you know we sometimes meditate by by a river, or by a, a, a tank, or a, a, we put a, we put aquariums in our house because it seems it's very peaceful to watch fish. Right, it doesn't seem to be agitating. Right, so the story. Continue. Let's see. Nivrittimina rajasa tapya manaha param He was doing tremendous austerities under the water. Nivritta mina rajasa drishtva. Maituna Dharminaha. When he saw uh, uh, the king of the fish, the, uh, a great fish, right, engaged in 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 in, in uh, copulating with another fish, he saw fish in 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 uh, uh, mating mating fish, right, and, and he saw and he thought to himself, so jatus priho niram nipram vipraha. Kanyam ekam architaha. Let's see what translation here. This generated a longing for such pleasure in himself. Right? Seeing, although you can meet an old man living under the water, doing tremendous austerity, tapasya, renounced ascetic. Right, seeing a, f- seeing, seeing what's his company, seeing a fish mating, he's thinking that fish. Actually, other texts uh, elaborated that fish is enjoying, and I'm sitting under the water. Right, it doesn't seem you know it's like uh, some little big thought began to come into his mind. Now he's thinking, other texts say he saw that fish with his family. Right, this version says he saw it in in uh, in, in romantic connection, in mating connection, but other texts say he just saw him with his with his family. And his children, like this beautiful boy here. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, so you see, and so naturally, he's he thinking, I've lived my whole long life doing all these austerities, right? And I never enjoyed the pleasure of this little, of having a family, right? Not only the pleasure of having a wife, but also of having sons and daughters and seeing my children married, right? And seeing their chil- my children have children. This is a natural thing that comes, this is part of life, right? And so, but just thinking about that, even... Living under the water, these these began to come into his mind. So he came up out of the water, right? And he and he approached the local king. This generated longing for such pleasure in himself, and he begged King Mandata to give one of his daughters to him. So the king, in in other verses, it's, his stories are told. He had uh, uh, fifty daughters, right? He had uh, I think only three sons, if I remember properly, and fifty daughters. Uh, and but he was nervous seeing this old ascetic, old and probably wrinkly after being in the water for too long, right? Old man, jet naked, no matted uh, hair, coming out of the water, saying, "I'm, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about getting married. Can you spare one of your wives?" It's not the most appealing uh, marriage proposal, right? But you have to be scared because sages, if you say no to a sage, and especially if sages in this apostasy, maybe you'll give some curse. He gets nervous, right? Uh, so he began to think, how do I, uh, how do, what do I say? Sorry. The king stipulated that he would arrange a function 
a bridal choice. That's Fayambara, Fayambara, at which his daughter of his, at which a daughter of his would be free to choose him. So he says, so, so I'll bring you, you can come in front of my daughters, and then if they cho- anyone who chooses you, you can marry. He's knowing no daughter of his would choose these beautiful young marriageable age girls, right, will, will, will uh, uh, a shrivelly old, uh, 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 lonely ascetic <laughs> would, would not be his choice, right? So he figured that's the only way to get out of, out of the situation, right? Without, he couldn't say no, but he can't say yes. So he saw, actually, in other texts, it says, in our family tradition, in our Chatriya tradition, all of our daughters are married by their own choice. They choose who they marry. So you can follow this tradition. So it's, uh, 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 and so in these other uh, Puranas, it says that he, he entered the inner apartments of the girls, right? So actually, a eunuch, nearly men wouldn't be allowed to enter in, in the kingly in the king's uh, woman quarters of a, of a kingdom. Uh, so the uh, attendant, the eunuch attendant, would take him inside to introduce him. Uh, uh. The Rishi thereupon thought, under the guise of a bridal choice, the king is out to deceive me. Right? And he knows that, that I asked him for a wife, uh, one of his daughters, and he said, if my daughters freely choose you. No, look at me. No, no young girls could be interested in me. Thinking that an old man like me, dilapidated with infirmities and trembling in movements, would not be the liking of a woman. The king has planned to deceive me by his proposal of a bridal choice of the Swayambara. Thereupon, with great powers derived from austerities, I shall make my body attractive even to celestial women, not to speak of the princesses, princess in view. Let me find the verses here. Sura Sriram. He says, I shall make myself so handsome, right, by my yogic powers, right, that I shall be beautiful even to the, uh, the women of the, 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 Deva, the Deva women, the goddesses, and the apsaras, right? What to speak of, of human, human, human girls will not be able to resist me, right? And so you have to think, so here's somebody, and this is one of the themes of the story, who in his early life he had taken up austerities. Right and living, he had entered Banapra sannyas type of life into the forest and doing severe uh, meditation. Even under, he must have had tremendous powers in cities already in order to do this. Now, from that tapasya that he gained from his austerity, now he's using it, the result of it, in order to make himself handsome and young. Right, in order because he because a, a little bit of thought in his mind, maybe I should get married, maybe I should have children, maybe I should like this. When the Rishi was led to the splendid quarters of the women by the guards of the bridal choice, each of the king's fifty daughters chose him as her husband. Right. So another text says they forgot their sisterly relations, and they began to say things like, "Oh no no no, he, he's 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 uh, you won't like him. He won't. He's not meant for you." In the the, the uh, Brahma him created him especially for me. This handsome, you know, began to argue like that. You know, though she's 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 not that. Began to argue with him, so trying to convince that that. That 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 one's only for me. He's only for me, right? Such a beautiful, handsome, divine husband, right? Uh, so they all eventually, when the father said, "Any hoping nobody, did anybody choose?" He says, "We." I, they all said, "I I choose him as my husband. I choose him as my husband. I choose him as my husband." Uh, and so now the king was really in a predicament, right? Because he promised any that any of his daughters could choose him, right? And and so he went to the he went to the sage. What do I do? And the sage says, "Well." If you're willing, you have to. I mean, if uh, if if I meant to get fifty, if fifty have chosen me, then I shall marry all fifty of them. Okay. These girls, whose minds are passionately drawn towards him, started quarreling amongst themselves over him, each claiming that he was more suited to her than the others. The sage, who was a master of the of the Vedas by virtue of his unlimited power of austerities, created facilities for enjoyment and sported with these women amongst various. Variety of objects of luxury, like high-class buildings, seats, dress, decorations, urgents, wreaths and food. And palatial buildings provided also with costly outfits, decor, and 
and, and attendance of both sexes, as well as wooden parks and, uh, enlivened by sets of continually singing minstrels in the shape of warbling birds and intoxicated by buzzing bees and in lakes with splendid supply of water in them. That's basically, basically created, um, other texts say that by his power, actually specifically says he was a master of mantra. He knew he can chant Vedic mantras. Right, and so that's so by his so it's it's hinted at by his austerity, but by his by his power of mantra, he created basically it said he created fifty palaces for the fifty wives, and each and actually this doesn't hint at it. Other texts say that when the king, uh, the some of the daughters began to complain to their father. Right, not that newly your daughter complain. If you have, imagine if you have, if you have uh, one husband with fifty wives, the common complaint would probably be, I imagine, is that he's not giving me attention. Right, but they're actually each one's coming to the father and saying, "I'm a little concerned. He only gives me attention." Right, and he's ignoring the his other my other sisters. Right, it doesn't seem right. They began to feel, and but then he goes to another. No, no, he's on. I'm also very. I'm no. He's only. I'm worried. My others. My my other sisters aren't getting. They're very unlucky that he only loves me. And so we hear little stories like this of Krishna. Krishna also, each gopi thought he was only with them. Right? So it's kind of hinted at, not, not fleshed out here, that he expanded himself right, in to, in to, to be a, the, a perfect husband for each one. And then it says, well maybe I'll, I'll read before. I'm telling the story without reading it. Seeing the splendor of the household life of, of Saubari, surpassing that of an emperor, king Mandata, who was at first the emperor of the earth, in fact the emperor of the earth, with its seven continents, gave up pride in his own riches and glory, thinking, "I am the I am the king of the world, and I can't do that." Right. So the story goes. Right. So, uh, yes. Let me find these verses. Sorry. Here. Verse forty-eight, forty-three, forty-four. So it's it's so in 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 other stories it says that he uh, it was each one of these wives he had a hundred children, right? So it so it says right, and so with and and began to think to himself, I wanted actually I started out doing austerities, right? That was my 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 sankalpa. I I start my my vow was to do austerities. So much so that I was living under the water, meditating, right? And a little thought came in my mind, right? Look at how happy fish are, right? They have their children, they have their wife, they have their family, right? Naturally, right? And so I thought, well, it wouldn't be nice to like that. But now, not only do I have, now I've enjoyed, I have 50 wives, right? But I have, and I, but I have, in each one I have 100 sons, or 100 daughters, 100 children, right? And then, so... Even that happiness I'll enjoy. And he thought, but even then, they'll, they'll all eventually get married. I'll get the happy of, happiness of seeing them married. Right? And each one of them will have children. And I'll be happy, the pleasure of seeing my, 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 my daughters and sons' children. And their children will get married. Right? So this is natural. This is how we live our life also. We see the next, you know, we get married. I didn't get married. We get married, have children. We see our children get married and have children. We, oh, I want to see, I want to see my grandchildren. You know, it's a natural, the natural happiness and pleasures of life, right? But he began to think, it's like there's actually no end to it. That's that's the thing that came to me. It's like that I'm enjoying everything, but even then I'm not satisfied. Right? That's the uh, the point. So it's uh, in the verse he says, "Evam griheshva abirato visayam vish." Vivi daya sukai seva mano na chattusya abhya shakti. Says, although he enjoyed, in this way, although he enjoyed fully all the happiness that's there in householder life and in, in worldly life and regular life and regu- in regular life, he was not at all uh, 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 satisfied. Sukai, he would not attain happiness. He was not satisfied. He began to think, it's just like. Uh, uh, if we have a, a fire 
and you take up uh, and you you keep dropping butter, ghee or fat into the fire, it just continuously drop by drop. The fire just never goes out. If the purpose of it is to is to be satisfied, you never it's you never if you if the purpose of putting things in the fire is that the fire consumes it, then it's done, right? But if you keep dropping, dribbling into a fire, it will never go out. You realize with this whole system, I'll never be satisfied. I'm enjoying, nothing wrong, right? Right? I, I wanted to enjoy, I'm enjoying. But I'm not, it doesn't seem like I'll ever be satisfied. Not only that, I'm extending my, I'm, I, I'm, I, you have to, oh, another, another point, the yogis say, maybe he was a yogi, he lived in the water, maybe he had, he, he had a hundred, he had fifty wives, and, 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 fifty, what's fifty times a hundred children? Five thousand. Thank you. I'm now. I was a liberal arts major. Sorry. <laughs> Simple things like this. I don't know. He had uh, 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 five thousand children, right? Uh, uh, and and therefore, how many grandchildren? You can imagine. And like this, and 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 in-laws and houses and like that. Even though he had everything. So maybe he maybe he maybe there was such a person like that, and or or and or maybe this story is being told to teach us something. Right, not just the history of, of a king who had, uh, or, or a sage who got who who left his austerity, by uh, and got and got married and had uh, fifty children like this, or fifty, 50 wives and five thousand children. Maybe there's another point, and so that's we have to we have to flush out that point. And the point, the the obvious point here is that how easy it is for some little agitation in the mind to create to entangle us, right? But another thing is these fifty children, these fifty wives are also just sometimes given 50, sometimes 100. It's just every possible thing we want to enjoy. It's not necessarily a wife or a husband. It's anything, any object of the senses, right? And so it's like, I want to enjoy. It's like all I, a little thing, actually, a little bit of enjoyment, nothing wrong with, with, with enjoying a little bit the senses, right? But you try for one, you don't get one, right? If, if, you, if, if, you, if you want to enjoy one thing, you don't just enjoy. You enjoy so many things. And then, when, and then you have uh, those things seem that you can't get rid of, you can't stop, and those lead to other things, and those lead to those 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 wives have children, and those children have have wives, and and son and 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 husbands and more children, right? So that's the nature. Desires are end-ending. Not only you get one thing, you don't just get one thing; you get a hundred things, you get a thousand, things, ten thousand things, and unending, right? The nature of desires, the nature of any attachment and desires, right? And the sage, you have to imagine the sage's purpose was originally to realize God, right? And some, and the natural, the natural aching of the heart for companionship, desire came. And that's, and that's nothing wrong with that. So recently, I'm thinking about this a lot. So it's interesting that I read this. I was the other day. I was, um, um, I took a walk to, uh, at Venice Beach on the boardwalk there. Uh, me and Kalipada went. We had you know, met and took us a walk and a little shopping, things like that some incense and some things we're looking for Kalimundir. And uh, coming out of one, one shop, we saw, walking across just on the beach, on the boardwalk there, one sannyasi, right? Long hair, western sannyasi, very old, in his 80s, full garo cloth, right? And unusual to see right? uh, sannyasi is walking in Venice Beach, you know? And so we went over and did pranams and began to talk to him. His name is Baba... Uh, Dancing Shiva, Nataraj, Baba Nataraj, right? And uh, he has wandered every state. And he's he was one of the first wandering yogis in America. He wandered every state on foot in America, as well as so much in India. I mean, interesting, Tapasvi, definitely somebody of something. He was not. It was interesting that because why in the middle of all this construction, we don't really have time to go to Venice Beach and walk, but there was some call, so I think we were meant to meet this this yogi. And he sat us down. The first thing he said, "Ah, oh, there's you see, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with anything, right? And nothing wrong with family, nothing wrong with jobs, nothing wrong with relationships, nothing wrong with with anything. There's nothing. It's just we have our karmas, we have our dharma, we do like that. But that's not why we came. And that was his his point. We we forgot that it's like we, we can do anything, and we have we're living. People are li- we're all living our lives, all versions of our life. But that's not why we're here." That's the problem. He, he, he emphasized this point, right? We came here for a reason. And, and, and actually, in, in Bhagavatam itself tells a story that even in, in, at the time of our death, right, when our, we get rid of the physical body and our astral body, we have new memories. 
and we're not clouded by the physical body and remember so many things. Remember, oh, why I was born, I didn't satisfy. I was born to realize God. I was born to spiritually wake up and I didn't do it. Right? I got caught. I got I forgot. Right? My my karma's caught me. What to do? I have my karmas, right? And my desires. And 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 then the promise, next time, Lord, next time I prom I will definitely uh, worship you and realize you in my next life, right? Uh, actually, it says some texts actually say the reason we're scared of dying is because it's embarrassing. Last time we died, it was so embarrassing. We realized, oh my God, I wasted another life. That's where the pain. It was so painful that naturally, even though none of us remember dying, we're scared of dying. Why are we scared of something we've never experienced? We have experienced. You don't remember the full detail. We forgot. We 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 remember the pain and the of the embarrassment of realizing we wasted the purpose of our life, right? And 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 so we pray. Actually, it says even in the womb, there's a stage in the in the in the, in the where the or the embryos and even in a prayerful pose. Bhagavatam says it's actually praying, Lord, please don't let me I pro, don't let me forget me. Don't let me forget you. Don't let me forget you. Don't let me forget you. And then it says the first cry, the doctor slaps us in the butt and we start crying. We forgot, right? And but still, we're and that, that, that Baba. That's that's in Bhagavatam. That Baba then said, and actually, most children are still were pretty connected as children. But then, one of a well-meaning adult like one of us starts wiggling a plastic toy in front of them, and then we forget, right? We awaken our desire nature, and we forget, we forget someone and another until again we die, and again, oh my God, again. Right, and so he said, "This has happened millions of times." Right, so one, each one of us, right, millions of times, right. Before we even have a human body, we've gone through eight million. According to the text, Bhagavatam states that before we get our human birth, we get we go through eight million. We're born eight million times before the first human birth, right. <laughs> so, uh, and then thousands of times as a human being, again and again and again. Right to get to the point, so and so that, that this story is the yogis have used the story, not to uh, uh, to say, oh my God, he got married, not that. He had a purpose, and one little desire made him forget his purpose. That's that's the very important. It could be a wife. In this story, it's fifty wives, right? But interpreted any, it could be any number of things, not not people. Why we we separate that? That's a, it's a cultural thing, and we can. Re, re, uh, um, the new edited version of the text made something different. They do it in a different way, right? But uh, the point is that that we that by and, and also what's an, another uh, important point of this is w- what made him forget is just one one v- bad image. It's not even a bad image. In this text, it says he saw a fish, uh, 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 a fish. So that awoken some some sexual thought in his mind. Other than he simply saw just fish and thought, oh, just even look how happy fish are. I want to be happy like that too. Here I am meditating, here I am underneath water. right? So it also talks of the, the, te- the, the, the story is meant to, uh, is told here and in other places on the importance of uh, 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 company and vision. What we see, what we, who we hang out with, because everybody who we around awakens those desires in us. Right. I think he's actually going to say that in the next line. Let me see. What does he say? Thereafter, thereafter, one day, while uh, Sabari Muni, who was expert at chanting mantras, was sitting in a secluded place, he thought to himself about the cause of his fall. Of his, it is um, where does not fall down? What is it? Mm. Atma up uh, of 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 um, losing his self-discipline. Right. Uh, he caused his own. He was the cause. How he caused his own um, uh, forgetfulness. Right. He says simply by uh, uh, mina mina sangha by the company of a fish. Right, <laughs> interesting. By connection with the fish, even that caused it. Right, then, uh, uh, alas, while practicing austerities, even the depths of water, and while observing all the rules, satcharita, uh, he was doing everything perfectly. At good character, he was doing everything perfectly. Vinasham uh, just see that all my my austerity has been destroyed. I was doing everything perfectly, right? Uh, 
just uh, by looking at a fish. He said, then he says, everyone should learn, see my life and learn from it. Yeah, that's the point. Everyone, right? So this is, this is so that's what we have. By company, by association, by image, what we what we click on, what we see, what we watch on TV. These are, I mean, nowadays, I mean, imagine just uh, uh, an, an, an old ascetic living under the water doing austerities gets bewildered by a, a fish, right? What's the chance for for teenagers, right, bewildered by the internet and TV and cable and and news and you know it's like you can see that, that it's nothing intrinsic once again nothing intrinsically wrong with anything but it's not why we're here that's not why we the, the original purpose of our life the paramgati the real goal of spiritual realization that has to, we, 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 it's how easy it is to forget so it's it's this is not uh, of course you can take from this if we should be careful and control what our children watch like that it's not, it's not about that it's about those of us who, who have a spiritual ambition not to get caught. Because he's the story is about a yogi. He's gone for austerities. Right? And so, and commentators, uh, rishis have come, uh, swamis have commented on this verse, have said it's not only about, about um, uh, being careful about your, comp- uh, avoiding bad company, but having really good company. Right? That's the thing is about use. If you could, it actually maybe even said, let me see. Uh, One day, while Saubari, the master of the Vedas, was sitting in his house in a reflective mood, and thought, the thought came to him of how degeneration overtook him by witnessing with an uncontrolled mind the mating of fish. He sought, alas, look at this, my degradation. In spite of my great austerity, holy living, observance of vows, the attraction I felt while living submerged in water for the sexual pleasures of the fish has ended in complete dissipation of my Brahmic glory. Uh, that I acquired by long effort. All my sadhus was wasted. Therefore, seeker after liberation should completely eschew those... Actually, uh, let me have... This is not a good translation. I don't want to find... Um, uh, can't say it's not a good translation, but I don't like the word used here. So, so, therefore, somebody seeking liberation should should avoid... The company of worldly people, not uh, not necessarily. It doesn't say like of of a mating fish. That's just one example, right? <laughs> because, uh, of worldly minded people Me- means means people people who's, who who awaken us in us uh, the very natural desire just for more enjoyment. It's who doesn't want more enjoyment? It's natural, right? Who doesn't want who doesn't want companionship? Who doesn't want the happiness of children and of seeing children succeed? It's natural, right? But if, 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 if that's the only goal, and we surround ourselves with people only with that goal, we'll never think of anything else. We get caught in that, because that, that's never ending. It's like dripping butter into, into fire. Or like, you know, it's like you have children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren and their house and their problems and their anxiety and their education. And it's, it's never ending, right? So he says we should avoid, we should try, right, to, to avoid... Uh, uh, by worldly people, those who who think that just the pleasures of regular life are sufficient, that's really what the point. The the the, the, the they should never allow the senses to wander uncontrolled among sense objects. Let them move alone about alone, unite, un, stay alone, in the, uh, uh, uniting their minds to the Supreme Lord, the Infinite Being. If they seek company. Let them be. Let it be only with those virtuous persons who follow the spiritual path. If you want company, right? Uh, keep actually the word here. Let me find it here. Service of the. Actually, I, I don't have it here. It's, it's a. It's a sadhu. Keep of of uh, sattvic sadhu. Sadhu means monks and sad and ascetics. But here in the Bible time, we know sadhu means devotees. Right. And what's a devotee? Somebody, a devotee here, a devotee, a spiritualist, you could say, is somebody that, in spite of their dharma and their karmas, living their duties and 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 life and and sat and fulfilling and, and enjoying the results of their past actions, right? They they know that the ultimate goal, simply more 
more material temporary happiness isn't the goal and will never actually satisfy it keep in a higher if you have a higher surround yourself or associate if you're going to associate with people associate with people who remind you of that higher goal who have that higher goal as well so we don't forget why we came first i was an ascetic living alone afterwards by my association with fish i came to be united with 50 wives and thus i became 50 Right, so you can see in the story he manifested like fifty people, but you can see also this is this is very you know if we have we dissipate ourselves we no longer want if we have fifty we we stretch ourselves, right, and we have to satisfy all of our duties we have that we have duties for our to our children to our wife to our husband to our boss to our parents to the government to our friends and we and the more we the more we do the more our responsibilities and all of a sudden I'm not one I was alone living under the water and now I'm fifty. Right, and then it says, "Still later, through children and grandchildren, I become five thousand. Right, you can see now I have five thousand uh, 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 things I have to worry about. Still attracted by the powers of Maya, I am sticking on to the objects of the senses as the be-all and end-all of life, and am involved deeply in works that will promote my interest in this life and in the next. Right, with the thinking, I'm simply thinking how to enjoy in this world and." Then, then, because then what happens? You have to you have to think of your of your next life. You have to go to heaven, right? Or you have to make sure that uh, your people you have enough you have children that will do your uh, funeral rites and and shrad so that you you're you're thinking about this life. Your life is only on this life and the next life, not on the absolute goal. Sri Shuka said. After continuing for long, a long time in this life, he became full of the spirit of renunciation and at last went again into the woods to pursue the life of Vanaprastha. He went into the forest to do his austerities again. His wives, to whom the husband was the manifest deity, followed him in the forest. So it's interesting. So this is so he 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 says enough of my married life. I'm going to the forest, and his fifty <laughs> wives follow him. Which is that's that's the thing is like if you want to be alone, as soon as you get caught, you get caught. But also, if you take these to be objects of the senses and pleasure of the senses, if you if you're in, there, all these things are meant to be servants, our servants, not our masters. We're not actually meant to enjoy; they're meant to serve us. See? We'll see. To, uh, and so, anything, all of the pleasures in life, all the things in life. When we, we take to a higher spiritual ideal, they're not. They also follow us. They are servants, right? That's another point of this of this story. They also have their they'll um, they fo- they follow. We don't have to run after them; they'll follow us. This is true of things and our desires, but also true of people. Also, right? We're trying to satisfy people, but if we take to a higher the people who we're connected to, they'll follow us to that higher ideal. And simple thing is, right? If we live a spiritual ideal, spiritual life, those around us will be inspired and follow us naturally. Right, that's a sub-meaning of these verses. His wives, whom uh, uh, there he observed severe austerities, austere practices that reduced him to bones. Finally, as a symbol of his attained enlightenment, he offered the sacred fires he maintained as a householder into the Atman, which he dissolved in the supreme, At- in the supreme Atman in complete non-difference. This is a very beautiful idea. This is uh, the Grihastashram in the Brahminical community. You hold certain sacred fires have to be kept, right? Uh, Agdihotra and daily fires have to be kept. And Vanaprastha uh, 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 is uh, can keep those fires going in a different way in the in the forest, or they internalize them, right? You inhale and sannyasis actually inhale the sacred with some mantras as these sacred fires which I've kept and been passed on in my family. I now internalize, right? This is the uh, chidagni, the fire of my own consciousness. You inhale. And then the, the wooden spoons you use for yagya, those you put into the fire. You don't need the external things anymore. So this is a symbol of that. So the internal, the fire that he kept as a, as a, as a Brahmin householder, he now internalized. But not so much that. Then on top of that, he then merged his, his, his inner fire into the supreme fire, right into the self, and gave up his life this way. In complete non-difference, Advaita, and realization of the supreme O king, his wives, who witnessed the supreme attainment of her husband, of their husbands, felt strength, strengthened and inspired by his example, and followed him, as a shooting tongues of flames sinks into 
sink in sub subsiding fire. So they also, other texts will say, when he attained liberation, all of his wives attained liberation. Right? They also, all his desires, everything got absorbed into that one ultimate desire. You can think of it that way also, if you pull a larger principle from it. Uh, uh, let me see here. So the the main point I took this I mean I, the story is a very simple little story it's told as a by the way before as, as in before the light of Mandata gets uh, uh, and also Sagara and some important kings and sages are mentioned but his story is told not just in one line like most of them one but told in a little story is told for some point and you have to remember again who's really telling the story to and to whom the story is being told by uh, by uh, Sukadev to Parikshit, right? And Parikshit is going to die in a few days. By this time, it may be three, four days, right? He he knew he was going to die in seven days, and he wanted somebody who could talk to him about God and set for seven days and seven nights, right? And so this story really is being told with a, with an agenda. The agenda is to to uh, somebody who has very few years left. Not very few years, very few days left. Right? He only has, he, by this, I don't know exactly how it's separated. We know traditional way of separating is like which day. You, there's a way of reading the Bhagavatam in seven days, this Bhagavat Sapta. And the way you break it, that's, this is on first day, King Purikshik heard this. The second day, over seven days, you can read the, uh, the, the, the Bhagavat. So I don't know which day we're on. Like, but you have to imagine that this is, so this is, it's being told not just, I mean, you imagine somebody who's on their deathbed or just about to die, and within a few days is guaranteed to die, knows he's going to die, right? And you don't have to, well, let me tell you some ancient lineages of kings. That's important. I mean, I mean, you don't need to know ancient lineages of kings if you're going to die. You need, you need only important information. And so the important information here is not just ancient lineages of kings and their wives and sages who, 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 who saw mating fish, right, and, and lost their attention. The purpose of it is to, it's, 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 it's a story for somebody who's who 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 uh, uh, about the goal of life and not forgetting, right? You know, it's like we we also we may not have three days. We may also have also three days to live. We may have three years, thirty years, fifty years. We don't know. We don't know if we have one day to live or a hundred days to live or a hundred years to live. We don't know, right? But death is certain, and then we and when we die, we'll we'll say like like Yogi said, like oh my God. Again, I forgot, right? I had the best intentions, right? I even, you know, it's like, and, and I was even, I even began austerities. I began doing sadhana, right? And going to kirtans and doing japa. And, and, and like, we all do like, you know, like, but again, some pleasure came to my mind and nothing wrong, but nothing intrinsically wrong, but I just got caught again. And that one thing, that one innocent thing became a hundred things, became a thousand things, became 10,000 things. There's a line in the Buddhist text that says uh, 10,000 things in each thought, in each breath. There's 10,000 thoughts in each breath possible, you know. So you can imagine. So uh, uh, it's the purpose, I believe the purpose of the story and the reason it's told to King Padikshit and, and the reason it's told to us and recorded is so that we don't forget why we're here. And, and we started our sadhana and, and not to get overly bewildered and get caught. Uh, remember why... Yeah, that 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 Baba really interesting. Another point he kept bringing is that the uh, uh, the purpose we're here is to wake up. And he says, "What does it mean to wake up?" He says that just like when you're asleep, when you wait and you had a dream, and you wake up, it's like, "Oh, it was so real, right?" But it was, but it's still the, the the power of it still lingers for a little bit. But you have to think, I actually didn't. Did any of that really happen? It kind of happened. I enjoyed it. I saw it, but. It, it, it's not it's gone it's not real you wake up when you wake up from a dream he says this is the same thing happens when you spiritually wake up the things that we take so seriously right they happened in the mind I mean something you can't say I mean they can't deny the experience but with how much reality do they have right like in the dream all the characters are you 
you've created all the characters. You've created this whole thing, all the enjoyment and pain and suffering. It didn't come from outside source. All the experiences you have in the dream, you're the only person having the dream. There's no second person in the dream. And, uh, uh, what is it? Today, uh, Shankaracharya uh, Jayanti, in the Viveka Chandamani, it says, what's the most famous verse? Is the summary verse. Brahma Satya, what is the... I have written it down. Did I write it down? Yeah. Brahma Satyandagan Mitya. Right? He says, actually, this, actually, there's only that one reality. Brahma Satya. The only truth is, 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 is the spiritual reality, Brahma. Right? And Jagat Mitya. In this world, we see the moving world is actually not really there. It's there. We're seeing it. It's, it's not nothing. A dream is something. You call it a dream. The dream world. But it's not, re- not exactly real in the way we think when we're having it. When you wake up, it doesn't seem that real at all. Right? It's not different from the dreamer. So it's like, so this world, Shankaracharya, he said, I shall say in half a verse, which is said in all verses. That's how he sets it up. Brahma Satya Jagat Mitya. The Brahma, the spirituality, is the actual only reality. It's the only thing that's real. It means Real means everlasting, unchanging, factual. And everything else, this whole vibrating universe, that we our little world, right, or our big world, Right, is actually it's actually not it's temporary. It's not real. It's not it's not uh, uh, unreal. It's unreal. This is and then it says it's illusion. L- illusion. Another way is Maya, right? Jivo Brahmaiva Naparaha. And what about then? Who are we then? Jivo, the individual. My my little says actually, Jivo Brahmaiva is nothing but Brahman. Actually, we're also only that, Naparaha, and nothing beyond that. Right, so this is a very big. He's claiming, Shankaracharya says, "I should tell you, it's half a sloka. I shall tell you in half a sloka, which all slokas say." But actually, there isn't any sloka that says this. <laughs> this is interesting, right? It's like you don't find it's clearer defined like this in in, 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 in in all the verses, right? But this is, but this is still he holds. This is what this is really the truth of every scripture. This is the ultimate truth, right? Is that that that. Uh, uh, and who are we? We're not. We're, there's only Brahman. Nothing else is real. And who are we? We're also that only Brahman, right? And and we, and we and realization is you wake up to this fact. Think about this fact. Uh, he says also in the Viveka Chidamani. He says it's not. It's not. He says na snanena na dahena na by bathing na by charity. Not by pranayama, all the different things we do. This is that all these things are useful. The sadhana is good; it wakens up our shakti, right? For, for but ultimately, he says we have to think about this. It's by reflection and thinking, very meditating, reflecting, but on the words of the sages, like because the word the sages are going to tell us this. Like I'm like I'm like I've I mean I have a I have a thousand books and I've read a thousand books, right? On on these topics, right? But one old sadhu on the beach. Says, Don't. This is not. He's like you. The, the, when you're thinking about thinking. That's the whole week I've been thinking about this, right? That uh, 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 this is how we wake up, hearing from somebody that this is all fine, but it's not really why we're here. I have a guru by Swami Govindananda. He's lived in India for forty something years now, uh, and he asked us. Uh, he likes buttons. Right, and so he ha- he wears buttons on his hat and his topi, and then like he gives little, you know, that type of the child of the '60s or buttons are a good way of spreading your ideals. Right? <laughs> and so he asks every year he asks for a different set of buttons from us. So one year he, and usually uh, Kalyani makes them for him and he distributes. So one of them was one of them was God is the goal, right? That's his button, right? And so and he wears he gives them everybody he meets. He's like here have a button. <laughs> People have everybody was God God is the goal. Right, that's a simple. He says nothing else. He's not. He says I'm not against anything. Everything is good. Nothing is bad. But God is the goal. That's that's the ultimate point. I think this is the ultimate point we can pull from this, from this story. You know, I think it's the ultimate point you pull from the Bhagavatam, from every scripture, right? And Bhagavatam uses this term again, again, uh, paramgati, our the supreme object, the supreme destination, the real the, the goal, the, our our real, and everything else we have to do, we can't not do. We can try to keep him not to get bewildered, not to get too entangled. But don't forget if you don't forget the goal, 
our Guruji, Swami Omananda, he said, if you if you're walking in our neighborhood in Allahabad, they called Dharaganj. Uh, if you're going to the bank in Garaganj, if you're walking between the bank and during the Mela, it's very crowded. And so walking between our ashram and, and the Daraganj bank is only a few blocks. But in that few blocks, there may be 100,000 people in between. And many cows, many dogs, many carts, police officers, roadblocks during the Mela like this, right? So many things, right? He says, but if you know... Somehow or another, I just don't forget, you avoid people, you meet people, you wave at people, you, you bribe the cop to let you pass the thing, you know, everything you need to do. But eventually you have to remember, somehow or another, whatever I do, I have to get to the post. My own job is to get to the bank. If you don't forget the goal, then any obstacle comes, you don't forget the goal. It's part of the, sometimes it may be quick, sometimes it may be slow. But if you, but if you get caught, all of a sudden it's like you talk to one person, that person takes you somewhere else. And, you, and that person lets you marry his 50, sons, 50 wives. <laughs> you, know? you get kind of 1,000, 10,000 things happen and you, and, you, and, and you haven't got to the goal. To, not to forget the ultimate goal of life. Anyway, thank you for your kind of attention. Not to... Uh, what else? Uh, oh, um, what's, uh, next... No, we're good. Next Saturday is regular Saturday. Next Saturday is Kadasi. So instead of satsang, we'll simply have a Kadasi. Jai Mahamayiki, Jai Jai Ma Jai Ma Jai Ma.